heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. I mean, take the blindfold off. Who the hell are we kidding here? I mean, really, though, huh? I mean, we, we don't need to leave it blindfolded anymore. Justice obviously has a, a policy to it, an ideology to it. It has an agenda to it. Uh, and that's how justice is in America. I mean, we are quickly becoming a third-rate crap hole real fast when it comes to justice in our nation. And, and I don't say that proudly with, or any joy in my step, believe me. It's sickening what's happening to justice in America and the lack of justice. Uh, and I don't know if we ever get back there. I, it's so much damage has been done in the last many years. I, I don't know how we ever get back there. I don't know. You're seeing a lot of the stories now about New York. You see the Manhattan District Court. Now you see the state of New York going after Trump criminally. You see all of that. And that was kind of an eye opener. What does that really mean, right? Well, let's describe the word criminal, first of all. Well, that means typically they're going after you to put somebody behind bars. And then they point out Donald Trump and they point out the family members and the, the, the kids and what have you, you know, uh, obviously target number one. Uh, and so that's when, when you hear criminal, that's what we're talking about, people. That means they want to put somebody away. Right. And this gets pretty juicy now with everything that's tied to this thing. But before we even go there. I mean, let's just take a look back real quickly. To, you know, you really do have to remind uh, we have to remind all of ourselves here what's taken place over the last many years. You know, I, I find the more we move forward. The problem with a lot of this, people, is Americans have short memories. We really, truly have short memories. And we don't, we don't hold on to some of those things that are so important that we remind ourselves that, do you remember that? Do you remember that? And, you know, in this particular case, when you go back and look at some of this, truth be told, you know, it's, it's hard to remember some of this. There's so much. I mean, so much. That, you, you, you know, when I start to think about it, I think, oh, God, yeah, I remember that chick. Yeah, Stormy. What was her name again? Stormy, 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 Stormy. Oh, Stormy Daniels. That was it. And what about that creepy attorney, right? Uh, I think Tucker used to call him uh, the, uh, he had a special name for him, whatever it was. But it was a creepy attorney, uh, for sure, the Michael Avenetti here, right? Uh, there were a lot of creepy attorneys, um, for sure. But the scandals were, uh, were extensive. And they all happened just after the whole escalator thing, of course. And as soon as they knew Trump was a threat uh, to the system and to their way of life, uh, they, they got, you know, and they realized what Trump was. You know, Trump was at a point of his life he really didn't care. He just threw it out there. That's why he was so outspoken and so, well, how do we say, out loud style, right? I mean, it, when you're out loud, it means your your soul is talking, your truth. You you have no uh, screen on you, you know. You just it's out there. The, the, it's, in other words, it's your inner thoughts. I was always accused of that as a young man in the boardrooms because I was the guy you really didn't want to have in the committee meetings or the boardroom because I don't play the BS games. I, I just not into it, man. You know, the, the truth is the truth. 
Let's just get the truth out there. We can deal with that. And, it, you know, if you screw up, you fix it, you move on. We're, there's no perfect here. Nobody's perfect. I'm not suggesting that. But you fix it, you move on. Isn't that the way it is? That's the way it is in business and corporate boardrooms. But it certainly isn't that way in politics, people, for sure, you know. So you look at all of these things that have happened in the past, what, several years here now. You're here during the 2016 presidential campaign. You remember there was about, what, a couple of dozen women, more than a couple of dozen women, there were 15, 16 women claimed to have been sexually assaulted by Trump. You remember that story, right? Crossed by a hurricane, you remember, with a fake dossier. And uh, oh, and don't you remember the prostitutes peeing on the bed, slept in by Obama's? You remember that in the Moscow Hotel? That was pretty juicy, right? Christopher Steele, you remember all that stuff, right? The Russia collusion, right? The, the, the Don Jr. meetings there with the Russian lawyer, the Trump Tower. And then again, I mentioned Stormy Daniels, the sex allegations there, and that creepy attorney, uh, Evanati, who is actually found his way behind bars, uh, amazingly. Remember he was going to run for president as well? Could, could you believe that? And you remember the the uh, uh, cable networks there were pumping that up pretty big, like, oh my God, this guy's fantastic. He's going to be a great president. Can you imagine a scum like that in the Oval Office? Well, I guess you can. You've got one in there now, right? What difference does it make, right? One scum to the next scum, huh? Then you had... Uh, uh, Trump was being accused of profiting from his hotels. Remember the uh, emoluments clause. You had the, oh, of course, the special counsel investigation, which, and that was Comey. Remember Comey leaked that, uh, right, James Comey. That's uh, right. He would he would be the pitcher in the definition when you look up the word scum, obviously. And, uh, but uh, that, that was the investigation leading to the Mueller report, right? That, that's how that whole Mueller got juiced initially, remember, you see? And, and Comey who was just so self-righteous. He, he, he did, never did anything wrong. Uh, he, he, he was the gift that kept on giving and still is given today. And then of course you had the, and then of course they pulled, put a full on press to go after anybody who was even remotely associated with Trump with all that going on, like Michael Cohen, who uh, Michael Cohen, you know, he, he was, um, it, it, you kind of look at him as kind of a harmless friend, a little bit of a doofus, not a real high IQ, uh, but you kind of think that's the kind of the, I, I always got that impression with Cohen, you know, like, okay, it, like he really can't do any harm, can he? But what he is, is they use him as a tool. See, Cohen is a great tool. And then people who do have high IQs take a guy like Cohen and they chew him up, spit him up, out for, for breakfast, you see, <laughs> because he's a tool. That's what it is, you know. And you had all of this uh, tax uh, fraud stuff and campaign finance violations uh, that, that they went after with him. Then you had Paul Manafort, remember. Uh, he was investigated, convicted for uh, tax evasion, obstruction of justice, and Roger Stone. Who can forget Michael Flynn? And all of those were like the biggest crimes we ever seen. Forgetting, of course, everything that happened on the other side with Hillary Clinton and acid washing stuff and cleaning things and tampering with evidence and hiding stuff. And that was all acceptable. All that stuff that happened there. But these little petty things here were the biggest thing to really challenge our justice system ever and were a threat to civilization as we know it. And those people we had to put in the slammer, you see. Uh, so you, you see how lopsided this whole thing is, people? 
I mean, it is truly, truly lopsided all the way to the January 6th speech and the peaceful and patriotically in the Capitol and the riots. And we'll talk about that today as well, by the way, because you see the Senate, Mitch McConnell, Turtlehead, is pushing back on that now, doesn't want to proceed after the House said, yeah, let's go after that man. Uh, this is all about pin the tail on Trump at this point. That's what this is all about, you see. And then you get into all of these things. Remember John Durham? How many people did I have on the show here where we talked about, well, experts now in their field? Well, they'll definitely be indictments, Malcolm. Don't you worry. You sleep well tonight. These, some of the people are going to be locked up. It was never an indictment. Everybody got off. The only thing that didn't get off is these petty nothing crimes from these, this band of thieves over here that were circulating Trump. They're the ones who, that's it. Everybody else, they got a free pass. So then you say justice. So what do you do at that point, people? Do you keep the blindfold on or you do, do you take the blindfold off? You see, as a country, as a nation, who are we kidding? Who are we kidding? Do, do you have a sense out there that we're any better than any banana republic for real? I mean, do you, do you really have a sense of that? This is like a, this is some corrupted court down in some Central or South American uh, nation. We're, we're no better. We are absolutely no better. So let's talk today about the imbalance of justice and uh, talk about the New York things, but then the crimes at a bigger point, the John Durham thing, what will ever happen with that? You know, he's still on the case, supposedly, as a special counsel. You would never know that because you don't hear any reports there are no media reports, just crickets, totally. You know, like if you don't pay attention to it, they're hoping it goes away, right? That's that's the whole concept here. I'll tell you, the whole thing is beyond belief. And you can't put an adjective on any of this. It, it is so over the top. Uh, we have to think, how do we, A, pick up the pieces, and B, what becomes of the justice system in America? I mean, we're, we're at some pretty critical crossroads right now in our country. And I think first and foremost is this topic today on the voice of a nation, my friends. It is the imbalance of justice. That's what we're talking about here. Let's open it up and bring on Alex Newman here. First time I've had him on the program. He's an American journalist and consultant, analyst, a great political thinker who writes about economics, uh, finance, banking, business, politics, uh, all over the country, uh, uh, you know, really good stuff. Uh, and uh, Alex, welcome to The Voice of a Nation. We finally made it, brother. Finally talk on air. Very glad to be here. Thank you so much for having me, Malcolm. All right. Let's talk about New York here. And uh, so the New York Attorney General, Letitia James, she says she's now looking to Trump's business in a criminal capacity. And they've been, this has been a civil investigation that's been going on for a couple of years now, okay? And so back in 2018, uh, uh, Miss James says, oh, we're definitely going to sue him. We're going to be a real pain in his ass. He, th this is her talking now. Uh, he, he's going to know my name personally. And I remember when she said that. I remember when all that came out. I thought, wow, you know, I mean, would she even get the nod to be this uh, this position with these kinds of comments? Uh, what do you make of this on on the um, uh, on the um, peripheral looking at this whole thing in with what the New York uh, state now and the Manhattan courts what they're looking to do here with the criminal 
uh, accountant here, Trump and his family, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I actually warned that this was going to happen, Malcolm. It was obvious. And, and I think you described it perfectly. This is Banana Republic type uh, gangsterism. It, it's really pathetic. And I grew up in the third world. I'm used to seeing this kind of stuff, but I did not expect we would eventually be seeing it in the United States, at least this soon. But we have now arrived. Uh, if you look at a lot of the Democratic controlled states, if you look at now the federal government, uh, it's just banana republic gangster government. It's extremely dangerous. And, and this is, I mean, to be clear, this is selective persecution. This is not a legitimate pursuit of justice. And one of the big problems, Malcolm, is that the system has gotten so out of control. Uh, there, there was actually a really interesting book written by Harvey Silvergate, a pretty liberal attorney. And he said that the average American commits three felonies per day. Uh, there are so many regulations with criminal penalties attached that the Congressional Research Service said they didn't have the manpower or the resources to try to put a number on it. They estimated maybe half a million, but they really don't know. So the reality is they could go after anybody they wanted and find some sort of violation. And a lot of these don't have mens rea protections that protect you if you don't have a criminal intent, if you don't have a guilty mind. So we, we live in a society now where anybody who opposes the swamp, as Trump called it, or the deep state, as he called it, uh, will end up uh, in some very, very serious trouble if their threat becomes significant enough. And we saw that during the Trump administration. We saw them go after uh, General Mike Flynn. You know, they had to get him out. We saw them then go after uh, Paul Manafort, who ran Trump's campaign. Then we saw them go after Roger Stone. I mean, they beat the guys door in with a SWAT team and called CNN. This is gangster government. And if we don't get a hold of this, we're going to end up like people all over the world who live in banana republics, where there is no rule of law, where there is no justice. And uh, that is a very, very bad development, Malcolm. Yeah, I just made a couple notes. You said here, I love this. You said selective uh, persecution is, uh, I think, ties it up pretty well. Uh, and it's all via compliments of a gangster government. I love those phrases because they, um, they tell a story to me, uh, as well as what we're dealing with here. You know, I like the days when, you know, if you messed up, no matter if you were on the left or the right side of the aisle, uh, I mean, guilty is guilty, Alex. I don't think anybody should get a pass. It, but I also kind of catch what you just said. That it got my antenna up as well, because you're so right. Like you commented about that book and the comment that, you know, about anybody, if they really want to. And I've always felt that, actually, if they really want to get you, they can get you. And that kind of is what worries me more than anything here, Alex, is that we're all sort of I feel like we're all. Uh, susceptible to this, and we're all sort of on the tipping point, especially those of us who are so outspoken in, in the, look at what they've done with Mike Lindell. I mean, look, look what they've done with, of course, Giuliani. Look at what they've done with uh, the other guy in Atlanta. What, what is it? Uh, that attorney, Lind, Lindell, what, not Lindell. What's his name there? You know, the one that's... Um, Linwood. 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 Yep. Uh, out there as well. And, uh, and you know, all of them. I mean, you know, that tells you something right there that, you know, it is definitely selective persecution and they go after those who they want to go after. Now, when we say they help me out a minute here, because a lot of people talk in riddles on this thing, because there's so much information we don't know or that people don't understand. When we say they, who the hell do you think they are? 
Yeah, that, that's a great question, Malcolm. And I think uh, Americans really need to dig into this issue. It's critical that we expand people's understanding on this because it is a threat to our republic. It is a threat to our individual liberty. So I actually just published a book in late 2020. It came out in about October uh, called Deep State, the Invisible Government Behind the Scenes. And the entire purpose of the book is to show people who they is. And so you know, I start off with the obvious. We've got these swamp monsters in the bureaucracies. I mean, they're, they're radical, radical left-wingers, completely detached from where the American people are. And you can see the political spending, right? 2016 political spending data shows that most of the bureaucracies were 95, 96% plus in favor of Hillary Clinton. Uh, some of them, like the Department of Education, 99.7% of the political spending in the 2016 election went to Hillary Clinton. So we have a real problem with left-wing extremism in the government. Uh, but beyond that, there are a large number of organizations. Some of them, uh, they're open organizations. I mean, they have websites, they, they publish their membership list, but they don't get the attention that they deserve. And I think uh, one of the key ones that needs to be discussed is the Council on Foreign Relations. And I wanna be clear, this is not a partisan issue, right? These aren't just groups of Democrats mm -hmm. in smoky rooms uh, conspiring to, to harm Americans or to take down our freedom. Uh, this is really a bipartisan problem. And when Trump came in and wasn't part of that swamp, when Trump came in and didn't fill his entire cabinet with members of the Council on Foreign Relations, they became very alarmed. So the Council on Foreign Relations is one of the organizations that I think needs much, much more scrutiny. They have absolutely dominated federal policymaking for generations now. They've got the media. They're all members. The media are corporate members. The big banks are corporate members. The, the major pharmaceutical companies are corporate members. And then the journalists are individual members and the politicians and the Supreme Court justices and the presidents and the vice presidents and the cabinet secretaries. Uh, beyond uh, the Council on Foreign Relations, you have another uh, group that's kind of similar, a little bit more elite, and it's a little bit more international in focus because it brings in Europeans, Canadians, and Japanese. It's called the Trilateral Commission. Uh, this was set up by David Rockefeller. Basically, he had read a book by Zbigniew Brzezinski, who ended up serving as uh, Jimmy Carter's national security advisor, uh, called uh, America's Role in the Technotronic Age. Uh, Between Two Ages was the formal title. And this book really made the case that America was obsolete. Uh, Marxism was the next step forward in human evolution. And eventually we needed to move toward a global technocratic system. So this, these are you know people with very fringe ideas who unfortunately have a lot of power. Uh, we have, of course, the Bilderberg uh, meetings once a year. Some of the most powerful people on planet Earth, about 120 to 150, get together behind closed doors. And uh, we know from from talking to some of these people, some of them have spoken publicly. Uh, they're back there setting policy on an international level. Uh, they they kind of do job interviews for people to see whether they, they want to support them to move higher up the ranks in the political realm or the business realm. And uh, and, and then you even have you know secret organizations that, that are officially classified as secret societies. I think of, for example, the, uh, the Skull and Bones Society at Yale University or right. uh, the Bohemian Grove out in Northern California. And I think if the American people want to find out who is really uh, weaponizing the government against conservatives, against individual liberty, against the Trump family, uh, and against the people who helped Trump get into office and the people who were going to help Trump drain the swamp, uh, that's where we really need to begin looking. It's not just a Democrat problem. And uh, we need to look, we need to broaden our horizons if we want to really get to the bottom of this issue. Yeah. And uh, you say weaponizing, who is weaponizing the government? You know, I would love to be a, um, 
invited, of course, I never would be, to the Bilderberg meetings, as you say, those confidential. Can you imagine the kind of information that comes out of there? Talk, talk about a scoop, man. Uh, that'd be oh, absolutely. <laughs> that yeah, I've be... been to two of them, Malcolm. Uh, never never really. as an invited guest, but I managed to sneak into one. Uh, that was interesting wow. back in uh, Virginia in 2008. And then I went to one in uh, Copenhagen in Denmark. I believe it was 2014. And I, I didn't manage to get into that one, but I did stand outside and I actually talked to some of the participants going in and out. I've, I've, you know, I've got pictures of it. It's a uh, fascinating experience. But mm. um, I mean, there's something serious going on here. And I, and I think the American yeah. people deserve to know this. You've, you've got leaders of some of the most important publications in the world, the Financial Times, The Economist magazine, uh, The Washington Post. And they're showing up at these meetings and they don't mention a single word about it in their newspapers. Something's yeah. really wrong with that. Yeah. I impressive. I'm, I, that is impressive. The fact that you took the initiative to get to the door of those couple of meetings. That's impressive, brother. Uh, really very cool. Um, staying on this a moment before I jump back into New York, because I do want to do that. But um, with what you say there, and we talk about who are they, and I love the fact that I didn't realize that, but you just taught me, you, you wrote that book. That's that's fascinating, that new book. i got to read up on that. And I think there's uh, some other conversations we need to have about the they, who are they, and then who is weaponizing the government. And you just said, well, you said something that got me here. Well, if Americans really want to know. And so I'm thinking about that. I want to analyze that a moment with you, Alex. And so, and, and, and you know, listeners, you out there that hear me, uh, you know, you say, well, do Americans really want to know? And I think actually this is the crux of the problem right here. Uh, truth, truth be told, even more than the fact that they're doing it and the fact that they're getting away with it and the fact that they're changing society as we know it in our lifetimes, historical in nature. But but here's the real catch to this whole thing is, I think a lot of people don't really want to know. I think they've got their heads up their backsides. I don't think they really care. Uh, they are dealing with their own problems and challenges. They go on their merry way. And so I think part of the big problem is not just informing we the people, but Alex, part of that problem is we the people are so diverse now. You have a section of we the people who truly don't care Alex, I mean, these people don't care. And these people vote, they vote, and they vote for the lowest possible denominator on the food chain, which is how these cats, these Maxine Waters and, and Feinsteins and Pelosi's continue to get an office and never do a damn thing for their constituency. I mean, it's a joke. And so you have that part going on, you see, then you have the other part of the population who are totally illegal, who have no, they, they absolutely don't want to be known. They're just here for the ride. They're just here for the free ride forward. So you got that part of the group and you got this other group who truly don't want to know. And then you've got the other people in the middle of what I call uh, many of the moderates, the independents, the left of center, Alex, and those kind of people who um, are passionate. I mean, they, but they've been a brainwashed. Uh, and I don't say that in a derogatory way. I'm not trying to be, uh, even though, probably comes across that way. But many of these people have been brainwashed from the media because of the pouncing and of, of slamming of information and the inaccuracy of things from our press and our social media circles as well. So I think back to the question, do Americans really want to know? Alex, I think this is really where the rubber meets the road. And I would suggest back to you, and this is what this is the biggest fear I have in all of this. I'm afraid a lot of them don't want to know. And I'm afraid those who do want to know are so brainwashed with other information. 
So then that leaves people like you and I and many of our listeners hanging out here on a thread, running around like our heads are cut off, trying to save the republic. Why well, we say, well, how do we wake people up? I'm not sure how we do that, Alex. Uh, talk about that a moment. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think you just hit the nail on the head, Malcolm. We do have a significant segment of our population now uh, that doesn't care. And you've even got a, a pretty sizable chunk of the American population that supports this stuff. Exactly. Uh, they, they have been indoctrinated in the public school system from the time they were little children all the way through high school and then even through college. They have been taught to embrace uh, Marxism and globalism. They have been taught a fraudulent version of American history that makes it very easy to hate America um, and, and so there's several things going on here. On, on the one hand, a lot of people do realize this, Malcolm. There was a really interesting poll that came out uh, out of the Monmouth University Polling Institute. This was a few years ago now uh, during the presidency of Donald Trump. And what they found was that 74 percent of Americans recognized we have a deep state in this country. And they defined deep state for the purposes of the poll as uh, a, a group of unelected individuals trying to hijack and control and manipulate the national policy of the United States. So there, there is just almost a, a universal sense that there are individuals out there who are operating in the shadows who are trying to uh, or even are uh, using the government for their own sinister purposes. So we do have a broad understanding of that. The problem comes in in, in terms of understanding the true nature of this, what the objectives are. And, you know, Sun Tzu, the ancient Chinese military strategist, he wrote this uh, phenomenally incisive book called The Art of War. And what he explained in there is that if you know yourself and you know your enemy, uh, you don't need to fear the result of a hundred battles. And yet, if you don't know yourself and you don't know your enemy, you're going to lose in every single one. And so that's where we are now as Americans. Uh, most Americans do not know themselves. I mean, they don't know who we are as a people. They don't know true American history. They don't know the history of Western civilization. Uh, they really don't know much of anything. All, all they have is this fraudulent version of history that's been force fed to them in the public schools and then later by the fake media. Uh, and they also really don't understand who the enemy is. You know, they, they think it's just the Democratic Party or it's just Joe Biden or, you know, for, for many Americans, it's just Donald Trump and it's just the Republicans. So they're really missing the big picture here. And that is that we have this group of elites who, who really are globalist in their outlook. They don't believe in the sovereignty of the nation state. They don't believe in the vision of our founding fathers, that God created us all equally, that God endowed each of us with inalienable rights, and that the purpose of government is to protect those rights. They, they fundamentally reject those things. And the order that they want to build uh, is fundamentally incompatible with those ideas. So we have a situation where the American people are actually already in a war. A war has been declared on us on our republic, on our constitutional uh, political system. And most Americans don't understand that. They don't understand that they're in a war for the survival of their nation. They don't understand who the actual enemy is. Again, they think it's Republicans or Democrats or Trump or Biden. Uh, and, and if you don't understand those things, you're going to lose in every battle. So that's, I, I think, the real challenge here. I think if the American people did understand what I'm talking about, if they did understand that there is this group of individuals who despise the principles that America was founded on, who want to build a very different kind of world where private property rights would be severely curtailed, if not abolished, where uh, where we would really have a, a two class society. Right? It's almost like neo feudalism. You have the vast majority of the people would be kind of serfs and the elites would, would really be in charge in a way that never was intended under our constitutional system. Uh, they would be absolutely outraged and these people would be run out of town. The problem is with the fake media. Uh, 
you know, deceiving everyone and the brainwashing that takes place in the government school system, it becomes very difficult for people to identify those problems and even more difficult to resist this attack. And so that's the challenge. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Malcolm. Right now, if we got rid of Nancy Pelosi, the voters in that district would send another person just as radical, just as anti-American as Nancy Pelosi to go serve in Congress. So we've got to educate the electorate. There really is no shortcut. And I think educating the electorate on what the problem is and what some of the solutions are, that's going to be the key if we're going to save our freedoms. Yeah. Amen to that. You know, I started hearing, oh, uh, some years ago in recent times, more about the division in America. And I started hearing the words civil war a lot. Uh, Alex just references there that, well, we sort of are at that war already. He's correct. It's here. It's at our doorstep. And, uh, you know, I had some folks on along the way who would reference a red America and a blue America. Remember that? And we actually had conversations about this division being so steep and so stark. So it's a monstrous Grand Canyon sized divide, in other words, that, you know, when people run around and, and you know, you almost hear, when you hear the talking points out there, like, well, we're going to unite the country or even like Joe, Joe um, Biden, what's his name? Biden. Yeah. Uh, when he was talking about uniting the country, he that was, I guess, if he ran on anything, and I'm not sure what the hell he ran on because he didn't have a message. But supposedly the talking points were uniting the country that Trump had divided so badly. It wasn't Obama, keep in mind. It, it was Trump, actually. That uh, All Trump did was expose the corruption. And he was it, just like I would be. He was blistering with the truth. And the truth hurts people. In fact, the truth sucks for a lot of people who don't want to hear the truth. I mean, so then, you know, you become very accusatory. Uh, it's fascinating with all of that and, and the way Trump uh, was uh, a very unique man for very unique times. And when you think of that pivotal moment that the country uh, gave him the Oval Office and imagine if Hillary had gotten that for the third term of the Obama legacy under Hillary Clinton would have been. I mean, a lot of people said the country would never come back again. And now we see it here again. And now with Biden, you see the damage in a short period of time that's happening. It's remarkable, but this divide is massive that Alex is talking about there. And so we start talking about the red America and the blue America. And I've become convinced. And when people say about uniting the country, a good part of me inside, I don't know about you out there, but a good part of me immediately knows that this is a, a BS conversation because my fellow Americans as a patriot, I would tell you right now today, there is no way we're going to unite Americans. It's not happening today, tomorrow, next month. 10 years from now or 100 years from now, it's not happening. It's not going to happen. There's a toxic takeover of our nation that is in play right now. I know a lot of people are running around right now thinking that the world is done, that America is put a fork in it. It's over. Now, patriots, myself, you out there, I'm sure, Alex, I'm sure, uh, we don't subscribe. We we want to fight for that. That It's in our blood. It's our DNA. It's that, it's that American... Uh, it's something beautiful about America, that, that uniqueness, that America exceptionalism. It's in our souls. It's, it was in our ancestors' souls. That's how they fought and died for this country. This was beyond anything that had ever happened in the world on planet Earth. Uh, yeah, I'm speaking about the United States of America. 
It was that unique. It had never happened before this experiment. And here we are. So listen, I think we put out a pretty compelling case at this moment that the stakes are incredibly high. And when we talk about generations and our grandkids and kids and life and people who passionately care, you have to ask yourself, would you lay down your life for your country? And what does that really mean? Well, would you lay it down for your kids and your grandkids is a better way to say that, right? That, that's really what we're saying. That's, that's it right there. If you're willing to do that, that's what this order calls for right now. That's the day that's happening right in front of us. That's what's required, my friends, you know, for sure. We are speaking with Alex Newman here. And uh, uh, this is an uh, uh, important conversation today, for sure. Um, and also, Professor Larry Bell will be on a little bit later in the program just to give you a, a, a status of where we're at and what we'll do. And uh, he always is a brain uh, for great ideas and thoughts. And he just uh, had a piece on the uh, platform about the whole Durham, John Durham. Uh, it's like a nightmare that, I don't know, you, you just want to wake up from, don't you? So uh, let's take a quick pause and we'll resume again in just a moment here with Alex Newman back on The Voice of the Nation just after this. Listen to Malcolm, The Voice of a Nation on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android or Alexa. Because of COVID-19, the average American worries about their immune health four times a day. That's 112 times per year. To minimize the worries, leading nutritional supplement company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost, an immune supplement that contains 15 full doses of science-backed nutrients like vitamin C, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea, all in a one-a-day pill-free gel pack. It tastes great, is convenient on the go, and it's more natural too, without chemical binders, fillers, and coatings. Supporting a strong and resilient immune system can be simple. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of Immune Super Boost. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Today, America stands at the crossroads of history. Our actions will determine the fate of our nation. Well, that journey starts here and starts now. We invite you to join us in making the ultimate difference. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters. Turn notifications on and stay in the know. You'll find all that back at AmericaOutloud.com. Liberty and justice for all. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com. Welcome back, my fellow Americans here. This is Malcolm Outloud here talking with Alex Newman. And uh, we are uh, really, you know, I, this, this is one of those topics that you, you have to have, um, uh, you, you have to be alert uh, to the BS meter and you have to be alert to what's going on with this justice. You know, I started off talking about the imbalance of justice 
And you heard some great points from Alex, man. Really good stuff. Selective persecution. I mean, is that not what's happening? Gangster government. I mean, come on, people, you know. And then who are these people exactly, right? I mean, who's weaponizing all of this? You know, I get a lot of people talking about that here, and I and I always stop to think, who are they exactly? Because I don't do theories, people, specifically, unless the theory has a plan or an action plan or a way out of the maze of confusion, you know? Uh, then I want to really know. You know, I don't do the Alex Jones hour here. I want to really know what's happening. What are the facts? What's behind all this, you know? He also said something very interesting, got my ears up. 74% of Americans believe we have a deep state in this country. The other 26% are in a coma. Uh, but that tells you quite a bit right there, doesn't it? It sure does, my, my friends. And uh, so uh, before we, I, we'll get back more to that red America and blue America in my soapbox just a little bit ago here. Uh, I want to get back to that New York thing because um, uh, former President Donald Trump, you know, and I, I, I hate to say it that way. You know, I, I'm not comfortable saying former anything because we all know that that's a lot of rubbish. But that's another argument for another day, isn't it? Just like for many of us, it's really hard to put presidents in front of Biden. I mean, don't don't you have a challenge with that? And I, I'm trying to be fair here. It's not easy, people. It's not easy. But but I'm trying to be fair. But I just it doesn't flow, people. I have a hard time with it. And I, I'm being honest with you, man. You know, so I just I, and I don't want to be disrespectful or ugly. And that may come as a surprise to you. But that's really not my goal. It's just to get to the truth, you know. Let's talk about this New York thing again here. So, uh, again, President Trump responded uh, to the news here about the attorney general's office in joining the Manhattan uh, district attorney uh, in its uh, this criminal inquiry, uh, criminal inquiry. You love that huh? of the Trump organization. Uh, he called it a desperate search of a crime is what Trump called it, desperate search of a crime. Well, by golly, if you if you were to do a, a thesis on his presidency, wouldn't that be the title of it, people? Think about this a moment. If you were to do a thesis on number 45 and say, Malcolm, how are you going to title this, please, in his four years and the campaign to get him in office, what would you title that with? Well, I, that would be perfect. A desperate search of a crime. <laughs> That would be the title. Now, listen, I don't suggest to you that he's a Boy Scout. I don't suggest anybody is. Alex already said that. I mean, they could go after anybody. They could go after you for, you know, popping too many pimples as a teenager. I mean, who the hell knows what they're going to go after you for? I have no idea, people. But if they want you, they'll get you, don't they? Right. We're seeing that already, as I said, with a lot of these cats out there, they try to take them down. Sydney Powell, she's another one. I've talked to Sydney many times. She's been on, but she's another one they've gone after. They don't like her brand of Kool-Aid. So they take her down as well. You know, she has a difference of opinion. It's really discouraging because we used to honor the diversity of opinion in this country. We no longer honor it. We disrespect it. And we call you out. We cancel you. We woke you up. We spit you out and they don't like you anymore. You become the criminal. The, the, the victim, you see. So Trump says there's nothing more corrupt than an investigation that is in desperate search of a crime, but make no mistake, that is exactly what is happening here. He did about a 900 word statement, by the way, he released here in the last day or so here. Uh, and um, 
So he goes on to say, working in conjunction with Washington, these Democrats want to silence and cancel millions of voters because they don't want Trump to run again. Speaking about himself in a third person sense there. As people are being killed on the sidewalks of New York at an unprecedented rate, as drugs and crime of all kinds are flowing through New York City at record levels, was absolutely nothing being done about it. All they care about is taking down Trump. And boy, he has a valid point. Look at what's going on in New York, amongst other cities in our country. We've been talking about this for years. There's a tipping point in all this, people. You can't go on like this. And he sums it up. If these prosecutors focused on real issues, crime would be obliterated and New York would be great and free again, he, he concluded. You know, I think that statement says plenty. Uh, I really do. So now this whole push about going after him. Um, and uh, let me bring back on here Alex Newman. And uh, Alex, I want to uh, bounce at you this here because I seen a statement from Alan Dershowitz. Uh, said he was on Newsmax and he said something about uh, the Attorney General uh, Letitia James uh, should recuse herself for the campaign promises she made accusing Trump of crimes without any evidence. Now, she said some pretty outrageous things, actually. Uh, she came right out and said uh, that, uh, as I think I said this up front, actually, to folks here, oh, we're definitely going to sue him. We're going to we're going to be. Oh, yeah, there we go. We're going to be a real pain in the ass, she said. He's going to know my name personally. And we're going after him in a criminal capacity. Now, this is before she seen any evidence, knew anything. She just knew she didn't like the man. And that was her campaign promise to the constituency up there who elected her into office. It's pretty remarkable. What do you think happens with this now, Alex? Staying on the New York thing, how concerned are you? How concerned should we be that they could pull the lever? Because I've seen other reports that He's actually, uh, the, the Palm Beach office there, they're concerned actually that they're going to go down to Mar-a-Lago and try to do indictments or other things. What, 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 is this just theater or do you think they're really after criminal uh, means here to get him and his kids locked up? Uh, I, I actually predicted that they were going to target them uh, criminally. I, I believe that there is a very real risk that they will try to take Trump and his children uh, out of their offices, out of their homes in handcuffs. Uh, they, they absolutely despise that man for a number of reasons. Uh, one is that he pulled back the veil and he showed everybody the swamp, right? People kind of had this feeling that there was a swamp. They kind of had this feeling that the media was really biased, but Trump came in and he proved it to everyone. Uh, he did not play ball with them. He was not part of uh, their games and they can never forgive him for that. Uh, it's just they, they need to get their revenge, partly as, as a deterrent, right? We don't want any future Trumps to come along and uh, mess up our apple cart here. So I think there's a very real risk that they will go after him. Uh, and I think there's a very real risk that our, our justice system system or really our injustice system and our court system has now become so corrupted that uh, it will be possible. They, they put innocent people away on a regular basis, but uh, Trump is on a whole new level. 
because he posed such a threat to the establishment. And, you know, I say this as somebody who didn't agree with everything he did, who, who recognizes like you that he's not a Boy Scout. But the reason they're targeting him is absolutely clear. If Trump was just a, a billionaire and he was showering money on establishment Republicans and Democrats and he was going to all the cocktail parties like he used to, there would be no issue. I mean, he, he was friends with these people. He was in with the in crowd in New York City. And they never would have dreamed of going through all his records and trying to find something they could prosecute him for. Same thing with Paul Manafort. Same thing with Roger Stone. Same thing with General Flynn. The moment they stepped out of the rigged system, the rigged game, and showed Americans what was going on, uh, they put themselves at real risk of being destroyed. And, uh, and so I think Trump needs to be very careful. I understand that they are actually alarmed. They are taking this seriously, and they should. Uh, I hope a, a jury would have enough sense to look at this and say, hey, this is just persecution. This is just targeting of an individual because you don't like him. And those statements from the attorney general that you mentioned, I think, are clear evidence of that. But there is a very real risk that these people will take this all the way for a number of reasons. Yeah. Well, that's why Dershowitz says she needs to recuse herself, which, of course, she's probably not going to do here um, now with what you say with with um, Trump and this uh uh, the, the courts and the criminal. And like you say, you're right, they can get about to anybody they want to get to. How apparent does this uh, trickery uh, become on the American people? I'm wondering. So in other words, uh, like, I love the way you just said, because I would be in the same court as you. You know, no, I never agreed with a lot, some of the outrageous statements he would make or things like that. I told listeners that plenty of time. I, I don't play politics political games. And, and I, I don't, I do not personally for me, Alex, the truth of the matter is I don't subscribe to the Trump cult uh, that they say that it is. There are some people who thinks the man does do walk on water and they, they think he can do no wrong. I don't subscribe. I'm not part of that club. I think we all need to be held accountable in life. Uh, and we will be by God almighty. I am sure of that. Having said that, that I'm wondering with this full court press they do on Trump, I do think Trump is an absolute patriot. I think he has done some remarkable things in our nation. I do, and, and I support his agenda wholeheartedly. And truth of the matter is, I'll be tell you right now, I would absolutely vote for the man again. I, I would vote for him tomorrow. So that tells you where I'm at. I'm not hiding my agenda. Why? Because, because he's Trump? No, 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 no. Because he respects our constitution, because he puts uh, constitutionalists in the courts, uh, because he's a patriot, because he, because he stands for the flag, because he puts his hand on his heart, because he wants to bring the wealth back to the people, because he lowers taxes, and because he's an economic genius, and because I could go on and on and on and tell you some million reasons why I'd vote for the man. Uh, there's so many, I mean, as to why I would. And I would vote for John Smith as well if he had that same agenda. I mean, if John Smith was running and he had that agenda, that's an attractive agenda to me as a conservative, as a constitutionalist, as a patriot who loves his country, that's attractive to me. So how many people do you, th I mean, this pile on, Alex, that's going on. It is a pile on. We, we started out in search of a crime. Trump has said that the imbalance of justice, it's a pile on. How many people do you think at some point, because you have to see what's happening here. I mean, you don't, I don't think one has to be terribly bright to figure out that they are just trying to lynch Donald Trump and his family by any way means they can. 
is this pile on? Are they at the point now where they're going to wake a lot of that middle crowd up? Because you might start to find some of those people to actually support and throw their support behind Donald Trump based on the fact that they see what you just said, that they're they're lopsided and the courts are going down the wrong road here. Uh, what do you think? Are, are we at that tipping point, you think? Absolutely, Malcolm. I, I think they have woken a sleeping giant. And I think even the fake media's <laughs> own polling data shows this. Uh, just recently, Rasmussen released a poll showing that most Americans actually think the 2020 election was rigged. So we now have a, a, a very bizarre, really an unprecedented situation in our country where most Americans view the, the last election as rigged. Most Americans then therefore must believe that we have an imposter in our White House. And yet we're in a situation where we literally cannot say that, right? If you go on TV and say that, they won't invite you back. If you go uh, and, and say that on Facebook, they will delete your account. If you say that on YouTube, they will delete your YouTube account. So we have a situation where most Americans now are, are awake to the fact that there is uh, a deep state that is trying to persecute an individual because he threatened the power of that deep state. But they don't really seem to care. I, and, you know, part of it is a lot of these people who are involved in this live in an absolute bubble. You know, they live in Manhattan. They live in Washington, D.C. They live in Los Angeles and they live in a bubble where they're completely surrounded by people who believe like they do. Uh, they fly over the rest of the United States. They don't have friends that live in Kansas or in Nebraska or in Florida or uh, any anywhere else. And so they, they're isolated in this little bubble and their friends are encouraging them and they, they hate Trump with a passion. But no, there is a, a serious awakening that has gone on. I, I think if I had to say the most important victory that Donald Trump's presidency brought about, it was this mass awakening of Americans. Uh, it really mm. unprecedented. Mill tens of millions of people who were just asleep at the wheel before the 2016 election are awake today. And they're not going back to sleep. That That's the really good news. Now, you don't see these people on television. You don't see them represented in the fake media. Oftentimes, you don't even see them on social media anymore because they've been deleted and deplatformed and shadow banned. But it is the silent majority. And I think increasingly, they are not being silent anymore. And I do believe that this witch hunt that they're waging against him in the state of New York, and, and I wouldn't be surprised if the DOJ got involved at some point, uh, appearances be danged. And uh, that is going to drive even more people to realize that we have a major problem, that we need to get active or that we're going to lose our freedom. So uh, it's a double edged sword for them. They are making a lot of people mad and they are waking a lot of people up, Malcolm. Yeah, that is a big thing. I, and I, you know, I've touched on that before to listeners, and I, I'm so pleased you brought that up again about the, the waking up of America. Sometimes you, you have to be careful in life uh, about how much China you break in the shop, obviously, Alex, right? And they, they've been doing that uh, right along. And you're right, though. You're right, though. Let's think about this. If there's one big takeaway, I mean, massive takeaway, I mentioned if if Trump didn't pull that 2016 election, you'd have had Hillary Clinton in. You'd have had the wicked witch of the West, East and South in there uh, for that presidency, followed by whatever was going to happen after that. And these people are hell bent on destroying the country. Just look at the policies of Biden in the short time this uh, wrecking ball has been in the Oval Office, uh, Alex. And 
it, it does nobody any good unless you're an illegal or you're on some crack addiction or you come from some third world shithole. I mean, his policies do you no good. They do you nothing economically, uh, substantially uh, for your health and welfare and safety. And so with all of that, you have to think, you know, well, what did Trump really accomplish? Okay, so he did a lot of things, Alex. They were good for us at the moment, for Americans, because he put America first. He put Americans first, to the, to, not to the delight of the people, the, uh, the they, the they. Let's call them the they, Alex, right? Right, the they. So he, he, not to the delight of them, but he did all of that. And I think the biggest lesson I'm getting from you, and I love what you say there, exposing. He exposed it had he not exposed this and we had gone further down that yellow brick road, Alex, we so what you're saying is you're you're actually saying there's a big glimmer of hope here. You're telling me you're you're telling all of us there's a big silver line in here, Malcolm. That's what you're actually saying. Are you not? That's absolutely what I'm saying, Malcolm. There's there's several silver linings that have resulted from this. And I want to go back to something you said too, that the they hating Trump for his America first policies. There is strong documentation of exactly what you just said. In fact, I mentioned the Council on Foreign Relations earlier as being part of the they. Well, one of the members of the Council on Foreign Relations, his name was Admiral Chester Ward, highest ranking uh, you know, Navy uh, officer. And he joined the CFR and he stayed there for 16 years. And then he realized what was going on and he defected and he wrote a book. Actually, it's called Kissinger on the Couch. I've got my copy literally right next to me right now. Uh, he wrote it with Phyllis Schlafly, a wonderful lady, uh, my, my oh, late yeah. friend who just was amazing. And in this book, he actually says, Admiral Chester Ward says that uh, there is no term of revulsion carrying a meaning so strong as America first when it comes to these people at the Council on Foreign Relations. He uses the term America first. He says that's the term they hate more than any other term. That's why they hated the president. And so Americans saw this. They saw a guy on TV saying we should put America first. For normal Americans, that's not that controversial, right? Uh, normal people think that their own government should put their own country first. But the globalists absolutely went wild. And so Americans saw this. Like, why, why does the political class and why does the big media hate a man so much for saying that we should put our own country first? And that was an awakening and a critical step forward in restoring our liberty. And I think on so many different fronts, Trump did this. You know, he, he exposed the globalism. He got us all out of all these UN agencies and he explained why. And the American people said, yeah, that makes sense. We shouldn't be funding a UN agency run by an agent of communist China who hates us and who's using the UN against us. Uh, same thing on education. He said constantly and repeatedly that the progressives running the public school system were dumbing down and indoctrinating our children. He said we had to save and protect our children from failing government schools. And we have now seen an exodus out of the public schools that is unprecedented, right? Uh, just in the last year or so, over 10% of uh, uh, the victims in government schools have left government schools. The homeschool population in the United States has doubled. I think Trump has uh, a big part in making all of that possible. So we really do have a great awakening in America. Uh, Donald Trump is largely responsible for that. And of course, the, the apoplectic reactions from the elites, from the establishment. And that bodes very well for the future. You know, they, they, they can pretend like we don't exist, but we know they're lying and they know we know they're lying. So, you know, their days, I think, in, in absolute unchecked power are numbered. You can't stop 
uh, a, a movement this large, this significant, simply by banning Trump from Facebook and Twitter. It's not going to work. Uh, throwing fake criminal charges at him, that's not going to work. They have awakened a sleeping giant, and America will be much better off because of it. Wow. I am absolutely delighted today that we had Alex Newman on, my friends. That's the first time I've talked to him on here, and I am more than delighted. Wow. Mm. Play back the last hour and see what we talked about here. And then we bring it to the crescendo moment of the Great Awakening. Right. Is that where we're at? Well, listen, you got two options here. You have on one hand, the great awakening or you have the great reset. Is that I mean, that's really what we're talking about right now, people. And, and we need to do more on this. And we will. The great reset. You hear a lot about that over there. And I really know what the hell that meant in the day. I mean, I, I heard it a lot. But it's like, oh, come on. Again, I don't do theories, people. <laughs> I just stay here in the middle with you in real life. But you know what? When the evidence continues to add up and add up, I also don't stay in denial. At some point, theories become reality. And they all are a conspiracy, which is, which is just a plan of action, an organized plan to do something. In this case, very nefarious in nature, isn't it? So listen, we've got an option in front of us. Great reset, great awakening. Great reset, great awakening. Great reset, great. which one do you choose, right? There it is right there. And that is the moment of truth we find ourselves in right now. It's remarkable. And again, I, I just have to hark back to what I said a couple of years back to you, uh, a couple of years ago. And when we even started this program, The Voice of a Nation, when Trump was in office, I said, and this was after Obama, with all the pain we went through as a nation, I said to you, my fellow Americans, we are li living in historical times. My fellow Americans, we are living in a historical moment of time. And has that panned out or has that panned out? I mean, we haven't been down this road before, really in our Republic. We've had other twists and turns, but not quite like this before. This is different. You can feel it. You can sense it. You can taste it. And you know it. And that, my friends, is reality. Hmm. Wow. Tremendous thank you to Alex Newman. And uh, this was terrific, this first hour here, my, my friends. So got Professor Larry Bell coming up a little bit later here on the program here. And uh, this, um, well, we're bridging it forward here, uh, talk about equal justice and corruption cover-up. What's wrong with this picture? Uh, Larry, he writes for Newsmax as well, a very interesting uh, gentleman, writes for America Out Loud for us. Uh, it's a great voice. He has a lot of big thoughts. And he laid out a, one of the best timelines I've seen on the whole uh, fiasco of scandals that have taken place previously. So let's take a pause here and stay with me and we'll join you on the other side of the next hour, my fellow Americans. Heart and soul of a nation beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor, honor, honor. our soul. soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. 
We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. Welcome back to Hour 2, my fellow Americans, and we are here with you on The Voice of a Nation. This is Malcolm Out Loud here. Always a privilege and a pleasure for you to join us here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Thank you for being here, first and foremost. And, and do me a favor, next time you come, bring a friend, will you? We've got to be able to bring a lot of the friends and, and, and help us get to independents, uh, moderates, just left of center, those people. Uh, we're trying to wake America up, specifically trying to wake Americans up to what the truth is. And we need your help to do that. So please, I, I beg of you to bring your friends with you and tell them that the truth is alive and well, and it lives right here at America Out Loud and surely here on The Voice of a Nation. Um, so what a great first hour with Alex Newman. What a terrific voice he is, I have to tell you. It's the first time I spoke with him on air, and it was truly a, a pleasure and a privilege to bring him to you. He's on quite a bit with Karen Schoen, our educator, teacher, uh, uh, former dean. She's a terrific uh, host. Uh, she hosts a show, uh, The Prism of America's Education, on the weekends here on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Uh, so this is the first time I'm back with you now. Let me divulge to you for the first time. I've been off air for almost two weeks, about a week and a half, actually, I believe it was. And uh, the reason is I had uh, come down with COVID. If you didn't know that, you know now. I didn't make it public on social media or anything else. I didn't want to make it a big deal. And I wasn't sure exactly what I was going through while it was happening. Uh, luckily, I had, uh, as you know, many of the great doctors and the great contacts we have here at America Out Loud was truly, truly a blessing. Uh, what I went through was quite interesting to me. It's not what I expected. And it was uh, a moment of truth. Uh, there is a lot of fear around this, but believe me when I tell you, um, the disease, the virus, the biological weapon that it is, is real. It is a real virus. I've said that to you all along, remember. But we should not live in fear. And uh, we should live out in the front of this thing and pull everything out in the light. So let me share with you that next week, on Thursday, the 27th, I want you to mark that down. Jot that down on the side note for yourself, please. And make a note that you do not want to miss Voice of a Nation that day, okay, at 5 p.m. You know, we come to you every day at 5 p.m., okay, 5 to 7. But don't miss that day because I'm going to talk about my personal case and what I went through to educate others. And I'm going to do it with best in class, the very, very best in the nation. I'm going to do it with Dr. Peter McCullough. He's going to join me that day, and we're going to talk about what I went through because he knows. I, he monitored and was talking to him back and forth, and I'll, I'll tell you what I went through, but also what got me over the hump and where I'm at today and what took place. So join me that day, the 27th, and we'll touch on that with you, and I'll, I'll be happy to share the story with you. And also have Dr. Henry Ely coming on that day, very fascinating fellow. I've never talked to him on air but this is a brilliant man who has uncovered some pretty bad stuff. Some pretty nefarious information he's got that will probably uh, curl our hair from what I understand now when it comes to COVID. 
They have done some massive research and data dumps on everything, on the treatment, the drugs, the, the death count, all of the activities that went on, and we're going to pull that all in the like. So that's going to be a big day on the 27th on that Wednesday. So today we're talking to you about the imbalance of justice. And it really is an imbalance of justice of what's happening in our great nation. I mean, there are things happening right now there are not any of us thought would happen. And so when we say, well, we're in a historical moment of time, that is a bit of an understatement right now, isn't it? Because, you know, as we, we talked about up on the first hour here, you know, we look, we live and we learn, first of all. We look at what's taken place over the last many years through the Trump uh, presidency and the level of scandals that took place. And basically, then we have to look at it as Americans and understand we have two choices at this point. And as Alex Newman in the first hour was talking about, friends, we either have a great awakening. We, we, we either are at the point now where we have truly woken up America. When I started here in this hour, I said to you, please invite people in that we, we want to make people aware of what the truth is. There's a purpose to what we do here. That's it. And, and, and we, we ask you to help us grow that audience that nationwide, all around the world even, so people are in the light. This is the light here. We are in the fight of good and evil. We represent good. That's who we are. That's what we do. You know that already. That's the whole purpose of this show. The voice of, there is no other purpose. That is the purpose. It's to fight the good fight. You see? And that's what we do here every day, my friends. And so the opportunity here is that Trump has exposed a great deal that's why there's been that pushback. That's why you're still seeing the pushback. That's why we see the criminal uh, suits being filed in New York State and in the Manhattan District Court there. You know what I'm talking about. We talked about it up front. They're criminal charges now, not just civil anymore. And it's not just Trump either. It's the kids, the family. And this is from that Letitia James that... that uh, prosecutor attorney general there in New York who made it clear what her agenda was that she was she said it right out there where her words were this this Letitia James it was and I quote I quote oh we're definitely going to sue him we're going to be a real pain in the ass he's going to know my name personally now that's the campaign she ran on can you reconcile that in your minds? Can you reconcile what I just told you? And, and this lady is now the AG up there and that, and she's doing what she promised she was gonna do. So, so much corruption everywhere. That's before she knew anything. She wasn't privy to any evidence. She had no information at that time to make those blatant statements. That's just what you call a personal vendetta. That's why Alan Dershowitz comes out and says, that doesn't fly. She needs to recuse herself. Well, to say the least, you know, and beyond that, you know, and, and it's just a get Trump game. It's all it's ever been, people. It, 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 that's what I said to you. You know, that's that, that, that this whole thing has been get Trump. That's what this whole thing is. Selective persecution from a gangster government. 
right? So listen, on one hand, we have, it's either going to be the great awakening where we've, we've got America awake. And I'm not talking woke people. I don't want woke. I want awake. Forget the woke. Let's awake. Okay. So we either have the great awakening or we have the great reset. Which is it? All right. Is that the new world order over here? I guess that seems to be a reality. I didn't normally subscribe to that brand of, of, of cornflakes, but it is what it is. I mean, you look at the evidence and the evidence is pretty clear. These, these globalists are out for something. You know, this is mainstream information at this point. This isn't Alex Jones information. It's mainstream information. That's what's happening. That's a cause and effect of what's happening in our nation. So great awakening, great reset. Which is it? That's to me, that's that really is the moment here. And that's where we're going to have to get awake and we're going to have to figure it out. Not awoke, awake. And we're going to have to really get America up on its toes. If we're going to do this thing, we're going to have to get America on its toes. So, so that's why I, I plead with you always to let's wake people up. Now, I'm not talking about getting nasty here now. We don't need to be calling names or getting nasty. And, you know, that's not what we're talking about here. Okay. And, and we don't need to do that in social media circles either. We need to take the high road, but we need to wake people up to the truth. We need to get it all out in the light. Let's do that again here today in our second hour here and, and uh, continue to peel through these investigations and where we're at now with this New York thing here. I want to do that next with Professor Larry Bell joins us. He is a, a writer. He's a, a columnist here for Newsmax and for America Out Loud. Actually, he's a great voice. Um, and uh, uh, Professor Bell, thank you for being here, as always here, um, and uh, being part of the conversation. And uh, so, uh, okay, let me let me start here first, uh, Professor Bell. On uh, uh, you know, I start with I want to get into. You wrote a very interesting piece, which we'll talk about a little bit here. Corruption cover up. What's wrong with this picture? And when I read it, I, I thought, well, Larry did it again. Uh, there it is right there. He, he he And I like the timeline because you broke it down so succinctly. And you were reminding, like, the, the real question is, and and, and here, here's what I want you to answer. You pose this question I'm going to pose to listeners right now in that article. And it's sort of a question that you look at this and you say, well, I kind of think we were. And you said, weren't we supposed to learn what evidence the John Durham special counsel turned up on the investigation before the 2020 election. Now, that was the question you posed in that article. And not only that, Larry, but here's the real kicker. The real kicker is, listen, I had, I had politicians. I had mi top military experts. I had top political analysts on this program and on my weekend news magazine on Viewpoint as well over a period of time. I mean, while this thing was happening, every, about every one of them, there isn't any one of them that said, eh, John Durham is a waste of time. He's not going to come up with anything. No, what they said to me is John Durham, very respectable fellow. He's going to have the evidence and you will see indictments. And it's going to happen, Malcolm, and it will happen before the election. That's what was said and many times to me. And I thought, wow, okay, well, maybe there will be some, maybe we will see that uh, Lady Liberty with that blindfold, blind justice, may, maybe that could still live. But I don't think Lady Justice is blind anymore. I think she's been pulling a gag over our eyes and needs to take the blindfold off. 
Um, I'm annoyed, Larry, is what it is. I'm really, really annoyed, as many Americans are, with our lack of justice and the corrupt justice system in this country. Um, did you ever think you'd live to see a day like this, Larry, where you, we get into these conversations and it's it's sick what's going on. And what about that question you posed with John Durham and the evidence and the uh, so forth uh, incoming indictments? What do you think? I think it brings up a couple of questions. And first of all, Malcolm, thank you for uh, having me on again. I always enjoy our, our conversations. It brings up a, a couple of uh, big questions and concerns in my mind. And one is we've, you know, we, I guess I've come to expect some uh, corruption of justice at lower levels, because uh, of course we have a very large, expansive justice system, and and judges are fallible, and so on. So that's to be expected. But I think what we're seeing now is absolute evidence of injustice at the top levels, the highest levels of our government, where we've had confidence in the past, perhaps misguided confidence, but. But it's been it's become so so corrupt, where we can see as you as you properly mentioned, the uh, representation that the the Durham report was going to come out, that Mueller was you know uh, going you know that he would have uh, Barr would give him kind of an immunity by his special status, that uh, he would be able to carry on his investigation his conclusions even through the Biden administration. But certainly we were supposed to have had uh, some information prior to the election, some update, some preliminary uh, coverage of, of where it was leading, perhaps not specifically mentioning who would be indicted or what the conditions would be, but simply an update. Well, of course that didn't happen, which I think brings up a second point is that uh, how, how much the media uh, counts on the short attention span of the public. Once it's out of the news cycle, we tend to forget it and we keep getting this fire hose of new stuff that's always coming out. That's a distraction. And by the time anything comes out, if it ever does, is they say, well, that's old news. That's no longer timely. Don't pay any attention to that. And we see that over and over and over again. And uh, that overlaps, of course, with, with what happened with the, uh, in, the, in the media, including the social media and the broadcast media and the print media ignored the Hunter Biden laptop bombshells mm -hmm. that were out there and uh, they, they leak it out then little bit by little bit. Well, yes, Hunter really is uh, being investigated by, by the FBI. And yes, they actually did have a lot of this information during the Trump impeachment that would have been exculpatory for Trump. And yes, this and that, but by the time it comes out, if it ever does, the public will have largely forgotten. And I think one of the things we need to do, those of us that are uh, tracking these things and have some sort of platforms to reach the public is to keep reminding the public to say, well, whatever happened to these things? Uh, whatever happened to this news? 
is old news perhaps, but it's only old news because it hasn't been released. And uh, I think that's an important function is simply remind the public of all of these, uh, these, news, so these news items that have been ignored that are scandalous and, and they're, they're, you know, they are terrifying. Yeah, not only are they not released, but we don't get any uh, resolution to anything, Larry. There's no resolution. Nothing's resolved, as you say. So you have that over there, and you point out very appropriately that the media does count on the fact that there's a very short attention span of the American people. That is accurate. Uh, and because people are busy living their lives, and a lot of people believe they can't make a difference, and so they give up on the entire system, and the media, of course, takes advantage of that. And really the story to come out of this era of time is, and it's really sickening people, it's the corruption of our fourth estate of the media is, that is the story that I think that is explosive, that they will be talking about 50, 60 years from now as to what happened back in 2020, uh, 20, you know, these elections, 2016, 2020, 2022, what really happened? Well, the media was absent. They were not to be found. And so, and then, and then you have to wonder, well, who, who are they? We talked about that with Alex up front, actually, uh, a, a bit, who the they are, uh, Larry, as well. But what's really s sick about all this is the, the lack of truthfulness and honesty of the American media force, the fourth estate. We have fallen far from the days of Walter Conkrite. Uh, and where we find ourselves today, you know, that short span, uh, Larry, we talked about up front when we started, when I was talking to listeners up front about a lot of those uh, scandals, you touch on quite a few of them in that brilliant piece you wrote that is entitled Corruption, Cover-Up, Criminal Indictments, What's Wrong with This Picture?, and by the way, all of uh, Professor Bell's writings, my friends, go back to americaroutloud.com, type in your browser or on your mobile phone, go to our team in the menu, go down to see Bell, it's all alphabetized, Bell, Larry Bell, and click on there, and you'll see that story I just told you about, and all of his amazing writings and the work that he's doing, you'll find right there. So he said, what's wrong with this picture? And he points out the various scan. It was a great timeline of things, to, well, to remind us, Back to what you were saying a moment ago, Larry, of the short memories that people have. Now, I started off reminding people of a lot of these things all the way back to, you know, the crossfire hurricane, all the women with the uh, sexual assault claims of Trump, the Michael Avenetti, the Stormy thing, Mueller report. I mean, and then going after Manafort, Flynn, all of the things that happen. Um, you know, the, the fake dossier, Christopher Steele. Um, you, you remember how gross it was, Larry. They were even talking about prostitutes peeing on Trump in hotels in Moscow. He was never on, never in in his life. That was pretty outrageous, wasn't it? Well, I think, too, we sometimes get confused that, uh, you know, first of all, we're seeing agenda-driven media that has a very, very strong pur purpose and a very strong special interest in, in the news. And, and I think it's, it's uh, Trump of course is a very colorful uh, individual and, and it's not really so much in my mind uh, that they were after Trump. I think it was after, they're after what Trump represents. What Trump represents is something 
that I think America really believes in, which is keeping government under control, making it accountable to the people, very strong state rights that are being usurped increasingly by, by a, an overpowerful, overreaching central government in Washington. And, and uh, it's, it's the control we, we see, the efforts to control and condition control behavior. And you see that with COVID and the shutdowns and so on. And, and the whole notion, uh, I think the ideas that Trump, you know, that we had a, we had a group of establishment Republicans that, that pretended to represent what conservatism was. And basically they were, you know, they were, uh, they were out of touch both with the driving priorities of the country, but they're also out of touch with the fact that they were being pulled over by Marxists within the far left democratic movement. And they were not in a position or of an inclination to fight the important wars. And so Trump was really a threat. His, he, he was a threat ideologically to what they represented. The notion that government is going to solve your problems, the government's gonna distribute wealth, the government is gonna dispense justice. And, and Trump made a, a very shiny object for them to, to attract attention to, to attack. It was the Alinsky uh, uh, thing where you, you isolate and you attack. And uh, what made Trump effective was also what made, has made him a very large colorful target but I think his message was clear, it resonated, and uh, to much to the, I think, the consternation of the left, uh, it's that message and the clarity that is carrying the, the uh, uh, conservative movement forward at this time. I uh, made a note here, made him a target. Yeah, that is a big thing you say there, and I just made a note of that. What made Trump effective is what made him a target. And, and that is very appropriate, Larry, what you say there. Um, his willingness to expose all of this information and all of this uh, uh, data, uh, you see, the establishment, wouldn't it be safe to say, Larry, that they kind of seen that as Trump being reckless? Do you know how many times you heard, how many, if you had a buck for every time you heard something said, uh, he's not presidential, Larry. We'd probably be able to retire in, in the Andes somewhere, yeah? Well, can you imagine, uh, I recall back and you think when when Trump was the first one to, to uh, tag and identify the fake media. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course that was unthinkable that, that a president or anyone would have the audacity to challenge, quote, the fake media. But he has he has a very good skill at branding things, whether it's Sleepy Joe or whether it's <laughs> Pocahontas or whatever, and and it has a way of cutting through the the psyche to say, well, maybe you know maybe there's some truth in that, and then we we keep seeing reinforcements of what he says, and now when you when you see how outrageously prejudiced the the media is in terms of the things they say that aren't just outright uh, uh, false. We say, well, you know what? Now we see, well, there really is a fake media. And it's a fake media because it's driven entirely, exclusively by agenda. 
And we see how that agenda seems to overlap and seems to extend an agenda we see in the universities. It's one we see in the entertainment industries. It's, it's something we see in the, in the globalist corporate sector where they're marketing their products to China. And of course, uh, uh, there's, whether Nike has their shoes uh, produced by, by Uyghur Muslim populations in, in camps, uh, uh, never, never mind. But for God's sakes, don't expect everyone to vo that votes to be able to identify themselves. You know, we, we find that the, these contradictions are absolutely spectacular. And of course, there's a, a fake media. And of course, there's no accountability. And of course, they can say what they will, because again, the public will have forgotten it a month from now, or at least that's what they're counting on. Yeah, for sure. You ever think you would live to see this day? I, I hope my children never, and my grandchildren, if they come, never continue to see this day. I think it's uh, incumbent upon our generation now. You know, as I think of, uh, we think of those that are fighting the good war. And, and, and let's, let's not forget, Malcolm, we've talked about this before. We're not a minority. You know, they're, they're, you know we, mm -hmm. are, we represent yep. you know, that, 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 that quiet, polite uh, majority, I think, that doesn't put bumper stickers on their car and yard signs on their wall, on their lawn, because they don't want to have their, their garage doors spray painted and they don't want to have uh, their, 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 their home visited by mobs just because they're quiet, just because we, you know, we, 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 we are uh, somewhat uh, circumspect about expressing what we do publicly because, because it's no longer safe to do so. We think of uh, at the same time of generations of some very patriotic souls. There's 124 uh, retired generals and admirals that recently uh, put out an article about their concern about what's happening to our country. And uh, it, it's one that I've, I've been posting because it needs no narration on my part. It's very clear. Yeah. And we see how this is, even this evil virus of Marxism has even invaded now the top ranks of the military. We have to fight back against this. And, and I think uh, we have the, the majority of the population on our side in this war. Mm -hmm. When we start to think that they outnumber us and we're defeated, uh, basically it's, it's a very cowardly way of viewing the circumstances. Yeah, absolutely here. You're listening there, friends, to Professor Larry Bell. And uh, wow, I mean, he always has some big thoughts there. You know, one of the things he says they're so important, and I, I need to point this out to you all right now, and it plays to some of what we talked about in the first hour a little bit with Alex Newman when we talked about, when he put that beautiful uh, statement at the end of the program, you might recall here, and he talked about it being an opportunity, remember? He called about it, this being the great awakening, not, not the great reset. Remember, we talked, that was very fascinating. Well, what Professor Bell says there, which I find uh, truly unique too, is he reminds, and it's just a great reminder, we are not the minority. 
He has actually shared that with me a couple of times now. And it's a great wake-up call for all of us. There's some hope to what you listen to what Alex Newman said up front. You listen to what Professor Bill says right here. And I hope this puts a jump in your step because when he says we are not the minority, Malcolm. And the fact that Newman said, well, you know, Trump did expose all this now. And in a good thing, it's a, a lot of this is out in the light of day. So if you take that and you take what Larry says right here, that is something to hold on to, people. And it's more than just something to hold on to. It's something for us as patriots, as conservatives, as people who love our constitution, as people who love our nation, as people who stand and put our hand on our heart for our flag, uh, people who know that God Almighty is there uh, and, and has our ear. We are, we, you know, we have to make the right decisions. I mean, we talk about that all the time with this God is in control comments, only to the point that he has given free will to you and I to make the right decisions. It is up to us to claim that territory, my friends. That's the best way I can say that. You understand what I'm saying, right? That's what's important right there, you see? So we are not the minority. That's important. And, uh, and, 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 and Bell puts that out there, Professor Bell, in a big way tied to this great awakening that we now have it all out in the light of day. What does that mean? Well, it means that we need to pull this big federal expansive government back in. We need to pull it back in. That's what we need to do, you see? And that's, that's vitally important. Now, I wanna tell you something here. I mentioned next week, and, I, and, and you know, one of the things uh, uh, Larry just talked about as well, by the way, which he's so right, the big expansive bloated government. We are now seeing uh, the blow up of government like we haven't seen before ever. None of us have seen this in our lifetimes because it's never existed. And I'm talking about where the far left has reached over so far now to control the entire Democrat operative, that entire machine over there. And they are pushing an agenda that is morally bankrupting us and economically bankrupting us totally, you know, and and you're seeing this real Marxist takeover in real time, real time. It's happening in your lifetime right now. And you almost have to pinch yourself to think, is this really? Yeah, it's really happening. It's right here in front of us. Yeah, it's not a dream or a nightmare, a bit of a nightmare, but it's it's in reality here. You see, it's important to point that out when he talks about that expansive government. I want to tell you right now, there are two amazing pieces I must draw your attention to is they are a must read on America Out Loud, please. I need you to take 30 minutes and I need you to read both of these pieces, but I need you to do more than read them. I need you to comprehend them and then make some notes and share these. The author of these two pieces will be on uh, America Out Loud next week. And you can hear this show on Friday. So it depends if you're listening to this on podcast or talk radio. Uh, when I say Friday, we're talking about the 28th of May and the year of our Lord, 2021. And you almost have to say that because you don't know when somebody will listen to this. It, again, there's an on-demand uh, for this, uh, for our program and, and podcast lives on. Our global experts are brilliant writers and engaging hosts on a mission of a lifetime. You'll find the latest news and inspiration on the front page of AmericaOutloud.com.
www.thebodyshop.com. Each of us is born with 30 trillion cells that make us. These cells determine how we feel, perform, sleep, focus, and how long we live. And to live our best life, all we have to do is feed our cells. But most food and supplements don't reach our cells, keeping us from reaching our full potential. Make every cell count with Healthy Cell. Founded with a mission to empower people to take control of their own health at the most fundamental level, Dr. Vincent Jampapa, world-renowned cell researcher and medical doctor, created supplements that work at the cellular level to boost immune health, sleep better, focus deeper, and stay younger longer. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order of any product. And that's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L. And use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. AmericaOutloud.com is the alternative from the agenda-driven globalist. Here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. On-demand podcast or real-time talk radio with our streaming apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Never before in our history have we witnessed the level of hatred that is now being waged against our law enforcement. While anarchist groups create havoc and overwhelm our first responders, these same groups and their corporate supporters are calling for the police forces to be shrunk and defunded. What can you and I do to make a difference? How can we stand up for what is right and to show our support? That's what I'm going to tell you about this incredible new platform. It's called ShopToTheRight.com. And it's a new shopping platform that will help you find businesses that align with your values. They feature products made in America. They support veteran-owned businesses as well as our law enforcement community. This is a time when we need to stick together. We need to shop together and we need to support each other. It's time for you and I to make some noise and stand up to protect our country. And one easy way to do that is to shop and give our money to companies that don't seek to destroy our way of life. So join the fight for liberty. ShopToTheRight.com. Support those American businesses that support law enforcement and veterans. Listen to Malcolm, the voice of a nation, on iHeartRadio or our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. So it is awfully good that we all know and understand that, listen, we are not in the minority. You know, America is an exceptional nation. We are an exceptional people. And even though people like Barack Obama went around telling the world that America wasn't exceptional, well, that was a bold-faced lie. America is an exceptional nation, always has been. And it still is today, my fellow Americans. Never lose sight of this. The reason I can say that is this. America is only a product of its people. We are an experiment. We're an idea. A masterful a constitution and republic for which it stands, one nation under God. 
right? Here we are. That's what America is. It is really, as Reagan said, the shining city on a hill. It's all of that, people. And that's got to give you a jump in your step. And a, I, I get excited when I hear those words. I, I get, I, I literally get goosebumps on me. I can't tell you. I, I get something flows into me and I just have a feel of passion and love for our fellow Americans. And that's what this all is about here. So we need to reach across and and take everybody with us that is takeable. We're not going to get the Marxists, and nor do we want them. But we are, we have a good shot to get everybody else because we are not the minority. There are a lot of people who understand this experiment and who love America for what it is. And it is not a Marxist nation. So we join you back here. We're talking about a lot of these scandals and the corruption. The overarching message today is an imbalance of justice. It is an imbalance of justice. We, we pointed that out in the opening uh, part of the program here in the first hour. If you missed it, go back and hear it on podcast or you hear or hear it on the encore later in the day here, depending on when you're listening to the voice of a nation. OK, all right. But all these shows go to podcasts. You can get them. And, and I mean, everywhere, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, iHeart, you name it, we're on it. Just look up America Out Loud Podcast Network after it's on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Okay. So we talked with Alex Newman up front of the program about selective persecution uh, from a gangster government, right? And he talked about the Great Awakening. And then you hear Professor Larry Bell here talk about, well, we, we're not the minority, Malcolm, for sure. And, uh, you know, he, he says the media counts on the short attention span of the American people. And, uh, you know, the other thing that was interesting is what made Trump effective is what made him also a target. That was kind of it because he put himself way out there. He took a lot of chances, obviously, for his own uh, salvation. Um, Larry, let's bring you back here, Professor Larry Bell. Back to your point about Trump um, effective, what maybe made him a target or so. Uh, let me ask you this here, please specifically about these New York cases, in your heart of hearts, uh, they, this is pretty serious now. The AG up there, Letitia James, who obviously showed her hand when she was running for office. Uh, does she have a shot at this? I mean, they're going after him criminally, not only him, his family as well. How does this end? Because I'm seeing a lot of reports now, as this has been uh, jazzed up there, the battle lines have been drawn in the last few days. Uh, do you think that... Uh, uh, there's more to the story. Do you think this is just theater or do you think he is in jeopardy, he and his family? Well, first of all, I think that uh, it's, as we look at this in terms of agendas, I think it's counterproductive because, because I think the assaults on, on Trump, whether it's the, you know, the so-called insurrection at the Capitol that they're trying to attribute or, or all these other litany of offenses only empower and enrage is very strong base, and uh, so we have to separate uh, the you know the personal battles that he has the resources to to address and so on uh, versus what uh, what's really happening with the country and the electorate. And with that regard, I, I want to segue a little bit to the fact that as we look at we we the majority rather than we the oppressed. Uh, I think that the, we, we, when we look at the federal government for answers, it's the wrong place to 
start. I think America is a grassroots country, and I think the the left understands that. That's why Soros has been buying judges and in 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 localities and D, DAs. The yes, and and DAs, and and so they're smart enough to, first of all, be building the you know the framework from the from the bottom up. They're attacking. Uh, and addressing uh, the, the the local uh, circumstances in the states, where it's a, where it's a divide and conquer. But uh, I think that what we what we are realizing now, as I see a, a very encouraging thing, is that the states are beginning to take the lead. I think we we're seeing this on COVID with with regard to opening up. We're seeing it with regard to where nineteen. 19- States came together to challenge, you know, the, the the elections, the 2020 elections. Now they were they were uh, unsuccessful in terms of getting a hearing at the, at the Supreme Court level, but I think the real power now is with the states and with the state and local governments. And yeah. and the encouraging thing to me is that as we approach now. Uh, 2022 midterms coming up very soon. Mm-hmm. These are state and local issues. And we, the majority, are on the winning side of all of those issues. And the, the actually the good news, and I've used this termite analogy before, you know, the bad news, we realize that termites are everywhere. They're in every, you know, they're in the in the court systems, that they're in the universities, they're in the media, they're in the yeah corporate America, et cetera, et cetera. But the good news is we're realizing we have termites. And I believe we're going to see an extermination uh, process uh, in 2022 mm-hmm. that's going to be quite dramatic because you take every one of these issues that core Americans believe in and the Marxists, the leftists, the control freaks are on the wrong side of every single one of them. Larry, are they termites or are they cockroaches? Well, cockroaches make a mess. Termites gnaw away at structures, and they uh, they're, they're they're sneaky little rascals, you know. Okay. Uh, we have to find I, out what the most evil bug is on the planet and name them that, you know. Well, <laughs> something like I, that, right? I like I, I I like the termite analogy because you know the the, the cockroaches are kind of nasty. But they, but we see them when we turn on the lights because they scatter. The termites are well hidden, but they're well embedded and they're destructive. And they come from the ground up and they come from the top down. We have some that crawl into our little tunnels and they tunnel their way up, up through the you know the cities and the states, yeah. and, and and up into the federal government. We have some that are that are top down and and basically they're blatant about it and. Uh, so they hit us from both directions. You know, listeners didn't know they were going to get a lesson on pesticides today or bugs. So you learned so much today. See, Larry, I mean, come on. You never know what you're going to learn here, right? Uh, but, uh, it, you know, you, you've used that analogy well, and it plays actually what we talked about earlier. The good news is we now know about it. And that is the good news about what Trump did is he exposed a lot of this. But now it comes back to the plan of action. We need a plan of action. And Larry, that's kind of what I'm trying to do every day here 
is get the, I, you know, I, I always tell listeners to please invite, bring friends with you. In fact, it's, uh, I'm going to bring friends with you, uh, uh, you know, and, and because we, see, that's how we multiply. Well, just like the bug analogy, uh, you know, we've just got to keep bringing more and more people to the conversation, to the voice of a nation here, uh, to America Out Loud, at least. I mean, we're on the front lines of this thing, and that's why I think we're so important. And when somebody said to me, well, the Lord has his hand on your shoulder, what does that really mean? Uh, someone said that to me the other day and, and made the cut. I mean, it was it was a remarkable statement that was shared with me that uh, uh, I got it right here that uh, Malcolm blessings keep up the great work on the platform. And remember, the Lord has his hand on your shoulder. Well, that stopped me in my tracks, that statement. I mean, it, it just sent like uh, like a tidal wave through my system because I always feel and felt that God was in control of America out loud, that we were on that good fight. And so that was a, a real um, affirmation is what it was. When people say that to you, I thought, well, that's pretty cool. That's what I want to know that, you know, we've got strength at our back here and we can do this thing clearly. Uh, it's it's so vitally important. Waking people up. Let me bring in Kathy Chamberlain with us, Larry, and have her join the conversation a bit here. And uh, Kathy's part of our team nation here. And Kathy, um, uh, this whole outreach we are attempting to do to wake up the American people. You, you've heard some brilliant people here today with uh, with Alex Newman of Frontier and Professor Larry Bell here. It really is going to come down to, he says, we are not the minority. You heard Alex had a lot of great words of wisdom about you know, this uh, global opportunity we have right now uh, that uh, all certainly around the world, but here in America, the great awakening to wake people the hell up and to be aware of what's going on in our nation. What's it going to take, really? Let's talk about that, the three of us. What's it going to take uh, to really get, because calling people names and acting like a crazy guy here, buffoon, and all the theatrics are not going to get anything done. How do we really open up people's hearts and their minds and their souls and bring them to the conversation? Understand we're all good people. We just want to have the best available for all. We, we want America to be preserved. How do we do it? Yeah, I, uh, I'm no pesticide expert, so I can't talk to that. But... <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you go. But one of the things I, I, I just want to uh, make an observation, what Larry was talking about, um, that it's so true that that what what really made Trump attractive did make him a target. Um, but that's only because the American people have allowed it. And it reminded me, it took my memory back to uh, when Trump called the fake media the enemy of the people. Ivanka. Uh, basically disagreed with him at that time and said she would never call the media the end. I'm really, I'd love to know what she thinks now. I forgot about that. Yeah. But the other thing Larry said, which I thought was really interesting is the, uh, the fact that the higher level of corruption that is going on today, that Nobody ever really thought it would reach that. But we have to realize that that only happened because there was lower level corruption and it was allowed. And again, the people allowed it. And we have to ask ourselves, when do we say enough is enough? Mm -hmm. 
And I'm worried. I, I agree that that the awakened uh, masses that are awakening the more of this corruption that we see. I'm just worried that it's not going to be enough in time. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and one of the things you you say quite a bit, Malcolm, about the corruption of media, right. that it's that's going to be the big story in 60 years from now, for example. Yeah. But my fear is that Alinsky, even um, Larry referred to him earlier, Alinsky basically made it a big point that whoever wins the battle is going to own the history. And that's what concerns me, too. So will we even know that the news media Hmm. was... Uh, was the enemy of the people or was even fake if we don't win this battle. And the only thing that's going to wake people up is when uh, enough people get either mad enough or scared enough. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think they're there yet. Yeah, well, that's the question. Are they there yet or not? And then you see these criminal charges with New York. Doesn't that expose them, Larry, more for what Kathy's talking about there? Because the average American has got to see this is clearly, uh, in fact, I read Trump's comments up front of the program. I mean, he, as always, he doesn't mince his words. And but doesn't that expose more of what their agenda is, Larry? I think the key thing is that the public recognize that those things out there are really invading their kitchen table and their their households. And going to what Kathy was saying, for example, and I'll I'll, I'll tie back to my my termite analogy, eating into our history, and you talk about Salinsky and and our Tagner history. Of course, we see the 1619 project and we see the, you know, we see the critical race theory invading our, our schools at every level from kindergarten you know, K through 12, even through the, through the universities, into the, into the military now, where, where the attack on American history. But, but then people are beginning to say, wait a minute now, these are affecting my children. This is what we're now realizing that this stuff is really being uh, brought into our schools, that, that uh, the critical race theory, 1619 projects are now being endorsed by Trump's Department of Education. It's become official policy, and you say that's that's a pretty scary thing. And and going to the grassroots again, we're now seeing uh, concerned fathers and mothers going before school boards and saying, "You cannot, you cannot indoctrinate my children with this." We see it with the control over COVID, with this, with the schools shut down, and 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 this egregious thing where young children. Uh, uh, are being asked to, to wear masks that have no possible benefit to them. Mm-hmm. They grew up knowing, knowing, not knowing what facial expressions mean because they grew up in this mass society that used to be the exclusive territory of bank robbers. And, and, and so there is a wakening up. And I think people are beginning to say, wait a minute, this stuff isn't out there. The crime, you know, the, the tolerance of crime and mob rule can come into suburban America. We're not immune from this. The, the famous and fabled uh, uh, suburban housewives 
that are supposed to reliably vote liberal are, are, are perhaps waking up to say, wait a minute, we're not so immune to this after all. Maybe the, the, the gun control, the attacks on, on the Second Amendment has some correlation with the attacks on the First Amendment. And we, the, we, we have this fire hose of, of, of constant attacks and assaults on our liberties that we have always taken for granted. And I think the role of, of, of all of us is to break these things down and say, do you realize how, how this thing out there affects not only you, but your children, the deaths that we're accumulating for, for the so-called COVID relief for infrastructure are not our deaths, they're our children's deaths. I think people are waking up to this and, uh, and I think they're going to be, a, there's gonna be this cascading uh, response to what's going on. I believe we're at that point. We're at that point there, Professor Larry Bell. Uh, one of the amazing things about this platform at America Out Loud uh, truly is the great voices and people you're hearing on this network. It is remarkable to me and always the, just a gift to have people like Professor Larry Bell here and so many of our experts. Uh, it's a joy truly to have the level of expertise and the level of, of life that someone like Larry has lived and for him to be part of our family here is uh, no short undertaking. We are pleased, please look at our platform, go look at our team, look at all those amazing, we've got best in class, best engineers, best MDs, best doctors, best author, you've got people on there that are best in class. It is no accident people, uh, we are a magnet for that exactly at America Out Loud. So there's again, a purpose and a reason of what's driving this message in here uh, for sure. We started off today and I, I mentioned with Trump, he responded to these claims out of New York and he said, it's a desperate search of a crime. And I told you, if you were to do a thesis on the entire Trump presidency, and we'll talk about more of this in the future. I said to you, you could title that thesis with exactly that, a desperate search of a crime. That would be the Trump presidency legacy that they went after him for. And we already talked about who they are, but that's what it is right there. And that sums up a lot of this, my friends, in desperate search of a crime. And that's what he called them out. Trump said, that's what they're doing. He was right. He was, you know, Trump is a unique person in time. He was, uh, he, he, you know, again, he was brazen. He was ready for it. I, I, I do believe in my mind, in my heart, I do believe that God put him in that place. I do believe that, that he was no accident at that moment of time for Trump to be here at that moment. And listen, I, I held his feet to the fire more than once. You know that. Um, I mean, there, there's, no perf there's no perfection among us, people. It does not exist Jesus Christ is not walking the planet here today. Let's be clear. There is no perfect among us. It is what it is. And we do fail. It's how we handle those failures in, in, in the moment of dignity and grace that we move forward. It's important. We talked a great deal today about a lot of this that was so inviting and, and spoke to me. I hope it did to you as well. 
a tremendous thank you to Alex Newman up front in the program was terrific. First time I had the opportunity to speak to him on air and he was just, just outstanding. It was very, very uh, delightfully uh, blown away, if, if you will, uh, by a lot of that discussion there. And here we're now with uh, Professor Larry Bell. It's always a privilege and a pleasure to have him here. Uh, now, your job here is to get this out there, uh, again, across the network, around the world, and uh, let's help us get this movement in play and to wake people up because, what's the answer? We are not the minority, you see? We gotta remind ourselves of that all the time. If that's the case, and it is, there are a lot of good people out there that just need to find us to know what we're doing. And our mission here is to get the out loud truth out there. And to Professor Bell's point earlier, Right, you know, at, at uh, the top of America Out Loud, I tell you, right there on the platform, we, we say it boldly. Here, we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. That is the story, my friends, and I'm sticking to it. Thank you for being part of the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud.